Hello, and welcome to our second episode in our podcast series of Understanding Data, Praxis and Politics. Our guest this time is Luigi Reggi, an incredibly charismatic, joyful and generous human being. When I asked him if he would contribute to our podcast series, he was eager to share his wealth of knowledge and experience in open data and open governance. Luigi is a public policy analyst with more than 15 years of international experience as a practitioner and researcher in the fields of e-government and open government. His main interests are government transparency and accountability, open government data ecosystems, governance networks and information management. Currently, Luigi works as an ICT policy analyst and open data specialist at the Italian agency for territorial cohesion in Rome. He has been a member of the Technical Scientific Committee of Open Coesione since its creation. And he is the lead of a wonderful project called Monithon, the combination of Monitor and Hackathon. It's a civil society initiative allowing anyone to verify how EU money is spent, democratizing knowledge as its best, is how I see this. We're also going to talk about the School of Open Coesione, which is a fascinating project that integrates schools with open government initiatives. But I'm not going to tell you more about the School of Open Coesione or Monithon, because Luigi will tell us all the details about it. So welcome, Luigi, to our podcast series. It's lovely to have you with us. Understanding data, praxis and politics. And this OER is about supporting educators and, of course, the students of those educators to, I think, be exposed, be aware, um, maybe understand for those who don't, um, what it means to have critical data literacies. And I think what the really the, the key of our project um, is the critical aspect of the data literacies. So we're not that much interested, although it is part of the things we will provide, and, and, and you're going to be someone very important to ask you about that question. Um, there are some um, practical literacies that people need to work with data and to be able to be critical with it, you need to understand it in a more practical manner. But what we really want to go into, and in this conversation as well, is a little bit more about these hidden things that the world of data has and and things that maybe are not very evident at first sight things that are maybe you know hidden in the bigger structures of society and it's about looking at these things and what are the the skills the knowledge the content the exercise the activities that educators need to be exposed so that they are aware of that kind of critical data literacies um and i'm really excited to have you because you're someone that is really a great person to begin this idea of critical data literacies because the work that you're doing, which I am not going to talk about because I think you're much more the, the informed about what you're doing. And I'm going to leave now the floor so you introduce yourself and what you're doing at the moment. Um, and then we start with our um, questions and, and, and conversation. So welcome, Luigi. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for, for all the nice words. <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm really happy to be 
I mean, to 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 be here and 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 talk about what is for me, my opinion is maybe um, uh, a novel way to look at data and and a way to to make them alive. We we like to to say that. So how to interpret them and to use them for for real action. So 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 this is my that would be my main uh, goal uh, of the day to, to try to uh, to show you uh, some some actual cases uh, for 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 this to happen when 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 this kind of um, of magic uh, is happening. Right. <laughs> if you think, want, yes, of course, that would be really ideal. And could you, for the audience, that um, I know you a bit because we have had previous conversations, um, but maybe for the audience that is hearing this podcast and, and, and is, is hearing you for the first time, what do you do? What's your professional background? Um, mm -hmm. what, how did you, with your professional background, come into the world of data, open data and monitor, civic monitoring? That would be great if the audience um, could know about that. Sure, uh, from 2007, uh, I've been working as an open data and digital government expert at the, at the ministry in, in Italy uh, that uh, is responsible for European funding. So all the, that manages uh, all the programming phase and the implementation phase of the funding. So I was there as you know, uh, uh, an expert in, uh, in digital stuff, in ICT policies. And um, so I was uh, an analyst. So I was looking at policies uh, from the inside. So I was uh, uh, writing and reading a lot of policy documents. Okay. And, and I was thinking uh, how you know, the process would have been better and more uh, efficient if you can also consider the citizens as experts, as I was considered myself. So um, wow, that's the, the idea was, yeah, initially uh, with my colleagues, I'm, I'm not you know, the only one that was thinking that way at the time, but uh, the idea was to uh, uh, try to publish, to publish uh, as many data as possible to let other people uh, you know, understand this policy and uh, try to push for more data and more transparency so, so we can have more people that are uh, demanding, that are asking for, uh, for effective policy. So you, in a way, what you're doing there, I understand two things here and correct me if I'm wrong. So one thing is I think you're democratizing the access to, in a way, accountability to policy or understanding what is being done in the government, in a way, through these policies that you were revising and you were, um, but also you're then um, trying to, through the generation of data, because you were also generating data sets. Is that right? Or am I, am I getting that wrong? Because I, I think you, yeah. Not exactly. I, I wasn't generating data, but I was, I was using the data that, that was already uh, generated. Yeah, the work, yeah, the were and are uh, collected uh, in a single monitoring system. 
that is uh, uh, used in all over Italy. So we have one data set, basically. Okay. When all the data on the use of public funding uh, related to the cohesion policies are stored. Okay. So we, we talk about the EU policies and the national policies for, for territorial cohesion. And what's cohesion? If, if someone is hearing this that has no idea, well, I am one of those. What, what does the cohesion mean here in this context? Yeah, the, 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 the cohesion policy of the European Union uh, basically aim, aims at um, uh, helping the, the less developed regions of Europe to catch up economically, socially. So there is a... a a good amount of, of, of money uh, in the EU budget yeah. just for that, just for trying to fund uh, projects on the ground that can help those regions uh, improve in their, their, their economic situation and their, their, their research and their, the competitiveness of the enterprises or the environment. So all kind of you know policies for development and investments for for a better for a better economy. Okay, I, and and then within that context of cohesion is where you come in, is where you you place yourself to do the work of um, doing the monithon, which we will will go into that in a bit. But is is in that context of cohesion where your work comes in? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I was lucky enough of having uh, well, managers and, 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 and colleagues and that, that could propose to the, the, to the minister, the Italian minister of cohesion at, at the time, the idea of creating a, a new portal uh, for everyone to, you know, to get the data and download it and, and, and see the data visualized in maps and graphs. So that was my, you know, my job at the time to try yeah. to facilitate that, to create this portal. So you were and, inside and the that, government also, that, that gives you a, a kind of a position where you, you, you have some traction, isn't it? They're being part of the government. There are things that you can, yeah, you can just right. make, make right. it happen in a way, I think. And that's great to have that, that, that you know, that, that, that law yeah. there. Yeah, that, that was kind of an unprecedented. Because the, the the minister was uh, Fabrizio Barca, uh, that 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 had been in the in the past one of the major experts of EU policy and cohesion policy. He was advising at the time. He was advising the European Commissioner, so he was an expert. But he was he had also the political power to to expose all this data. <laughs> so it was maybe a unique uh, situation uh, and, and, and I was you know, very lucky to, to be part of that project. And then uh, you, you, you mentioned Monithon. Monithon it, it, it is a, a, a civil society initiative uh, that uses the data from this portal, which is called Open Cohesion. Okay to uh, do what we call the civic monitoring of the projects that are funded by the EU. 
Okay, so through, if I understand well, through these open data sets that the government offers, provides, put at hand so people can use it, then civil society uses that in order then to, in a particular project that they are in, they are able to monitor some project that is going on, where is the money used, what are the priorities in the project, what is being funded, is, is that right? Exactly. And, yeah. and how is my, my, I'm very interested in two things here. One is, what does it take for a government to make the data open? And that's one thing that I'm, I'm interested in. But then at the same time, what do you think people need to be able to use the open data? Because I have heard that sometimes there is a lack of use of the open data sets because I'm not sure what's the reason. And that's one of the things I would like to ask you. But um, how these open data sets really serve the civic society in order to undertake this project and then maybe you know, make accountable, I'm, I'm quote unquote, really, but um, yeah, just monitor what's happening with the money that taxpayers are giving the government in a way. So how, how is that kind of? Yeah, that, 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 this is a, a big question because it's, uh, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it encompasses a lot of, you know, phases, a lot of work from different actors. So it's kind of a very complex issue. And, and I, I can tell, I can tell you about my experience in that particular field of uh, data on the use of public funding. Um, and what we, we have in Italy and what is also uh, taking place in many, many European countries uh, is that uh, the uh, local authorities and the national authorities that are managing the, the European funding uh, are, you know, um, uh, forced uh, to uh, keep track of all the money. So they have monitoring systems in place. Okay. Uh, and if they are smart enough, uh, they use one single monitoring system for all the nation. Oh, wow. So uh, there are many examples in, in, in France, for example, uh, or in Poland, all the Eastern Europe. So especially the, the countries that are uh, more centralized, they tend to they have, you know, easy, um, the, 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 uh, easier, you know, uh, ways to, um, to demand for, for more centralized systems. And the centralized systems are very important because they, um, they allow uh, to, uh, to collect the data from all these different dozens, different uh, local authorities in a way that is you know, comparable. So you have the same uh, uh, model of the data set, the same variables, the same information on a project that, that are comparable to all other projects in, in the different regions of, uh, within a state, right? So, so this is a very important point. And, so when you have that, and in Italy, we, we have a single monitoring system at the Ministry of Finance, uh, it is uh, easier also to publish the data because you, you just have you know, to, to select which variables are really relevant. Yes. Um, and because 
too many variables maybe are you know difficult yeah. really difficult for for the com for the for the user for the common person to to, yeah. to understand and then you have to to yeah, just to to use it for for data visualization and uh, publish also as open data as raw data uh, at the minimal level of granularity uh, so so the people can you know really uh, find out what is happening what what projects are uh, funded in their neighborhoods or the city because you have the detailed data about each individual project I get that yes that is really and 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 this is so the second part <laughs> is trying to make people uh, really acknowledge uh, all these opportunities and so to do so just put the data out uh, is not enough of course so what well the, the first effort at open co cohesion was open cohesion was to just to uh, to publish the data and maybe wait uh, that you know in some hackathons or some other you know uh, events people will you know uh, uh, be you know, aware that all these data are available that can be useful uh, but that basically didn't happen so nobody really <laughs> wanted to use this data yeah so so very soon we at the time we realized that we needed to uh, carry out some sort of proactive proactive strategies proactive actions to to make people uh, you know uh, aware that for the first time they could really track uh, government spending they could understand uh, the the policies and the source of funding and 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 really have an idea of practically practically how they could you know use this information for their own good yes and hearing you um I have a couple of questions that, that come to my mind. And one of them is, it seems to me that um, one thing you need to be proactive so the data is really usable because data there, if it sits in these open data sets, great, but no one will use it just because, oh, well, here we have open data, let's go and use it. I think that's a myth and it doesn't happen. And you're just saying that to me. So being proactive, in the sense of, okay, where is this data or are these data sets useful for the civil society, which is, I think, what you're linking together here is, is, is an interesting question, but also how, what are the benefits of people? And, and I would like to go into the project that we were talking about the first time you and me talked, which is the school, um, so how, and I, I think that project is fascinating. So I would, I would love if you could walk through that project with us here. But what I, what I want to just um, point to is how do you really combine here, how data informs policy and how can you then interrogate through your projects, how this policy is really, you know, addressing the problem at stake or making good decisions so that the community is favored by the policy. So what, what I 
would like you to ask before you tell us the story about the projects in schools is how does data in your experience being inside of the government, which is, I'm very lucky, we're very lucky to have you here. Um, how, how do you collect this data? How, what, what are the decisions that you need to make in order to craft these data sets? Do you have, I'm just kind of also thinking about people that have, no, like me, no idea about, you know, the working with data and, and how do you do that? What, what, do, you, what do you ask? What, even whom, to whom do you ask the questions in order to inform policy? Because my, my question here is always, who is policy favoring? Who is being, whose livelihoods are being enhanced by the policies? And that needs to be related in a way with what's the data that is informing policy, I think. And, and I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what, what's kind of your um, thinking in, in that respect. Yeah, so um, no, I thank you for, the, for this question because it uh, is really a crucial, I think it's a crucial question to, uh, to you know, frame and, and really understand what, what are the data in this case. So we're, we're not really talking about data informing policies, uh, but they should at some point. <laughs> but we're talking about data uh, about how the money is used uh, uh, for, um, um, uh, how, I mean, how, uh, how is the uh, spent? Is that right? So how do the they... money is spent? Right. So, so, so we are just focusing yeah. on a specific aspect, which is the implementation. Um, yeah. So we basically, uh, when we exposed all this data, uh, those data were taken from administrative uh, yeah, data see. sets, yeah, right? Yeah. So the, the idea of having one single data set yeah. uh, come from the urgency of having, of merging many different administrative sources into one single data set. So uh, the original purpose of collecting the data was not to communicate how good is the policy or to, to yeah. make people you know, more aware of the policy, but just to do the administrative steps that are necessary. I see what you mean. To implement the policy. Yes, right. I see what you mean. So, so right. you spend this budget here, you spend this budget here, this is what you do with this, this is what you, yeah, I see what you mean. Right. right. So this then brings me to how did you, um, or how was your experience in implementing this idea of civic monitoring using data, open data sets in schools? Because that's a, a, a magic project, I think. Um, I really, <laughs> I love it. It's great. And, and um, yeah, so just kind of, if, if you can tell us the story of it and, and how were you involved and, and yeah, and how has it gone? Because I think it has been very successful, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, quite, quite uh, successful. Uh, I'm, 
Well, I've been involved as uh, the the uh, as an expert of the policy, if you want, mm -hmm. as an expert of uh, the open data uh, field, because I had this experience of studying other countries. Um, so I, for 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 a few years, I had been following uh, what other data sets in. Uh, in Europe, uh, how these data sets were published and, and what kind of data were published. So th that was mainly my, my, my initial role. Yeah. But the, the, the designer for, for the design of the course uh, were two people were hired from the Ministry of Education and they were really experts in, uh, in how to design a course that could uh, start from the data to uh, and and from you know data literacy and from uh, understanding the concepts behind the open data philosophy, the open data paradigm, uh, to uh, extend it and 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 to use it as a basis for public participation. So basically, that was the initial goal. So how to to use the data. And uh, just as um, a first step, right? Just a, as a um, as a starting point. Yes. So, so it is obviously it is very important to understand all the data that you can have as you know open educational resources, right? As yes, uh, okay. as you always refer to, right? So having the data from the Open Cohesion Portal, the Open Cohesion Portal but also from statistical sources, like the official statistics uh, from Eurostat or the Italian office, right? uh, and other sources of official data or you know, open data that are, that are available. Yeah. But then when you are aware of that, you need to, uh, to be, uh, um, to, 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 yeah, to, to create your own, data in a way so just to so the idea was to um, use the data from open cohesion to find out where the projects are so where the money uh, has gone yes exactly and to trace to trace the money in a way yeah to trace yeah. the money so where it is how much is it and for doing what and and uh, try to uh, understand what is uh, what are the policy documents that, that can guide you in this process, and then uh, doing, uh, and then you have to create your own data. So you have to do field work and visit physically, pay a visit to the project, talk to people that are involved, that are. Uh, responsible for the implementation or the programming phase, and and so collect all this additional data get that. Okay. that that really can you know uh, make this this little magic right to <laughs> to make the data alive because you you start from from administrative data as we mentioned earlier, yeah. and and those data. Uh, are in this process, which is long, which takes maybe several months. Yes, they are transformed into data that can be used 
for accountability purposes or for participating to public life, to uh, uh, what the, the students do usually is to uh, create to um, organize events in which they uh, invite their major, their mayor, they um, people from the regional government, uh, political leaders, as well as government employees, maybe people that are responsible for the data, yes. for the data entry, right? So they really know uh, how to interpret a, a certain data set. So uh, they are able to, to, to transform an administrative uh, sequence of yes. numbers and letters into something that is really actionable. To a whole lively project, because I, I'm, I'm thinking about examples for the audience to be able to make sense of what we are talking about. And I'm not sure if you have any particular example of a project that you would um, maybe like to share that you, I'm not sure if, if you have that, but I think it, it, an example would be interesting. So I was wondering, for example, if someone is doing, I don't know, a, setting up a new school in a community, in a rural community, but I, I rather you telling me an example that you know about and maybe how could you succinct, succinctly, um, you know, tell the story of that particular example and, and we'll see how the data, which is dead in a way or, or administrative data, how then through the project that is done in the school where I think the teacher is really a designer of, of, of that experience yeah. and how that then transforms into a project, which is a problem-based learning approach because it's a real thing that's happening. And um, yeah, and then they have to generate, they have to collect their own data looking at the project that they are inspecting or monitoring, if you will. So if you have an example, that would be fascinating. Well, uh... I can I can tell you about an example that we usually use for also for impact. Okay, great. Uh, so so we can have all the uh, the cycle from yeah. from the data to the field work to the actual impact on on policy making, and that's an example of um, uh, youth aggregation uh, building. So so it was a renovation of a building that was uh, seized. Uh, um, previously owned to a local mafia, so okay. it had all this. It had this symbolic, you know, yes, uh, fashion, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so it was renovated thanks to the European funding, uh, but even if the, the the purpose of that was to create this, this youth aggregation center, yes. Uh, the, the 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 local authorities couldn't find um, any NGO or local association really willing to to use this, oh, this, this problematic you know building yeah. for 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 doing that for 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 creating this this center yeah um, so so uh, the students uh, they. You know, they they knew from 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 the media, the local media, that there were that that, that this problem existed. Okay. And and so they wanted to monitor the project, and they found that uh, the money, the EU money, were were, were spent uh, very well. So okay. the, the 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 building were were 
was great and all the appliances were, were there and uh, it, it was ready. Okay. Uh, but uh, they also want, wanted to be operational. Of course, yes. And they, they really wanted their, their, their youth <laughs> aggregation center to be you know, available you, and because I, they wanted to use it, right? Yeah, yeah, get it. So, so uh, they did a lot of field work. They interviewed uh, the mayor, interviewed the people responsible for that at the local government. Uh, the, the municipality of Locri in, in Calabria, in this case. Yeah. Uh, and they were also invited by uh, the uh, regional government. Okay. Uh, to uh, a meeting, which is the crucial governance uh, place for, for European funding. Okay. So it, it is the managing uh, committee of the funding of the uh, operational program uh, Calabria, which is the name of the region. Yes, and how old are these students, if I may ask you? Us, uh, from seven, from 16 to 17. Great, yeah. super great, okay. Uh, so they, they participated and everyone expected them just to maybe uh, tell a good story about the project or yeah. talk about themselves and their, their own you know, journey, their own yeah. program. They, uh, but but uh, they 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 went straight to the point and said uh, the project is not effective. Wow! So we, we we cannot you know use our our center, even if the project you know was 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 funded and and everything from an administrative point of view. Every every box was ticked was ticked and and everything was perfect. Yes. So, so the, uh, there was the, uh, the, the representative of the European Commission uh, who was uh, from Lockery as well, from near, nearby. Yeah. Uh, he was really you know, shocked by that. And, and he was interested because it, you know, it related with something that he knew. And, and, it'll, it, and it'll, it, it also you know, um, was a, a general problem about implementation of European policy. In, in this in this case in the case of uh, confiscated assets assets uh, from 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 the mafia of course so, of course yeah. so so uh, it was like a, a really you know particular project in a given you know a particular area uh, was related to some bigger problems yeah. that uh, a managing committee of a program should, you know, be aware of. Of course. So, um, so, so this representative uh, of the European Commission uh, warned that if the project uh, wasn't really effective, yeah. they could ask the money back to wow. the region. Okay. So that was a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. a very, a very interesting. You know, Evolution, because uh, at, at that point the the regional government uh, had you know to do something. Of course, and also you know the thing is here. I'm thinking about it's not only and and data is more complex because it's not only about you're spending the money writing what you're saying. 
but what is the use of that money? Where is, you know, where is the benefit for the community right. at the use aggregation? Um, and the youth were saying, well, we can't do anything with great it works, but we can't use it. Now, I'm very interested in, and you might not know the detail and that would be okay, but I'm too curious to not ask you, what is, how did they come or, or if you know, what data did they collect in order to be able to demonstrate that this project, although it ticked all the boxes, is not being implemented and that they can't really, um, you know, have um, any, any, any good use of, of that building that has been refurbished or, you know, renovated? Well, in, in, in this case, it was quite easy because they... Uh, they use the data from Open Cohesion portal. Yeah. And uh, just looking at the data, they they found that uh, the project was completed. Yes. And they started all the uh, administrative phases of the project mm. and verified that everything was okay. And also they they um, they used the financial data. Uh, and and they they discovered that all payments were made. Of course, yeah. So uh, it was you know kind of evident that the project was over. It yes. was finished. It was completed. And, yes. Yeah, it was completed. But and what and then the, the, the but but the interesting part was to really find out what was happening there, if it was you know okay or not. So. The, uh, the the visit that they that they made to the project to, to the, the actual building yes and and they asked for permission to to enter because it was you know, closed so they they had to do some you know steps to in order to to pay this visit but uh, that visit allowed them to verify in person if everything was really okay yes uh, and but uh, the next question was, uh, we need, you know, to, we had this fantastic new building, but we, we, we can't really use it. So, so that was the, 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 yeah. the part in which they... It yeah, was they finding a solution so, so that they could use the building. And, and I think also then the thinking goes into what do we need to make this possible? What do, who do we need to... Who do we need to interview or who do we need to involve in the project so that they can make this building livable if you if you want or usable in a way um and yeah. what's the end of it what what then what happened then well uh, the after you know a few months the the municipality issued a, a public call for ngos um that uh, initially it went, you know, deserted. Yeah. But then after after one year, wow. Okay. There was there was one one civic association. Yeah. Uh, uh, that used the building for um, kind of uh, information services about uh, uh, legality, about you know being a loyal citizen and and anti mafia. Uh, Okay, so not so much maybe youth aggregation, but some good use for the community to to take advantage right. of what they were yeah. offering there. Yeah, and and another part of the building was 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 taken over by by I think by the province or 
some other you know, institution to, for 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 creating um, a health center. I see public health center. And and it's or something like that. I don't know the detail, but it's something okay. about that. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna in the show notes that I'm gonna put in our um, podcast um, page. I'm gonna find out about the project and I'm gonna find some links and see how I can. Um, yeah, so let's see how we can get into some of the details. It's highly interesting. But what mm -hmm. I think here, um, Luigi, is how the skills that students build in this whole project is because it's first the data, the practical data literacy. So understanding how to manage data, how to, you know, all of that, download it, the, the format, da, 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 read the data, um, understand that, yes, this data is telling us that the money is well spent, here it is, this, this is what is done, but then started to think, okay, but what's problematic here and what data do we need to collect in order to demonstrate that this project has not been as successful as it should be. And again, the whole thinking process of being a critical citizen, engaged, proactive, um, being in the European Commission, all the skills that you build in the, you know, the, I'm not sure what's the word in English, but it's um, having exposure to all of mm -hmm. these meetings and it, it, it builds in you as a student that is 16, 17, someone that can be quite active then in the government or in the community or politically right. in a more broader sense. Right. I think that, that I found that great. Yeah, there are some students that uh, now are journalists and and they you know thank the project okay. uh, for, for their experience because it, in, they, they, they acquire the, this you know, sense of being active, being able to look through different sources. Yeah. So they become you know, critical enough and, and also curious about reality, which is something that is not you know, uh, yeah. taken for granted in these yeah. times. I'm thinking about that. And, and I think how important really here in relation with open data um, how important it is to generate awareness of the availability of open data, that that is out there and we can use it in order to do different things in your case or in the project, sorry, not your, but the, 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 the School of Cohesion, is that the name? Yeah, uh, Open Cohesion School open or cohesion. at the School of Open Cohesion, there yeah. are different, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, it depends how you translate it, but um, yeah. just kind of, bringing this awareness at an age that I think stays with you for a long period of time. So there is an impact when you are 16 and you understand that there are open data sets that you can use, that you can interrogate at the same time, because this project was great, but it could also be that maybe you find some set of data, there is a project, and maybe the outcome is that it has not been spent as it is set in the documentation of the project. And then again, you can say, okay, what is it here that hasn't been really spent as they said? Or, you know, I think having the open data sets and the school wanting to, and the government as well, so local government, it, it's important that the what I want to say here is the stakeholders that are involved in any project that has to do with data and civic monitoring is important because if you're able to interview the major, it means that the government needs to take part in this project or be, you know, being willing to do, okay, let's have the major 
um, sitting with 16-year-old students and talking with them, which is not normally the case. And, and I think that it not necessarily makes them very happy. Uh, so I guess that that's great that, that you know, that having that, um, the government being involved there as well. Yeah, well, um, if I can add, uh, uh, I think that uh, the, the role of uh, the Open Cohesion uh, Project and uh, the role of you know, national government in general, so the ministry, the presidency of council, it is very important uh, for the students uh, because they, they can uh, relate on this kind of, you know, of assistance of, um, yeah, that they can spend the name for example, of the presidency of the council, which is yeah. the main, you know, institutions in Italy, and, and and so the uh, and also um, the open cohesion project could uh, involve um, several other institutions at the local level and at the national level that can facilitate this process of you know uh, having. A conversation with the major or yeah <laughs> or course, with regional authorities yeah. it's, it's it's very important to you know to um to create a sort of a network yes. in which the student that, that the student can rely on yes i i think so, that's pretty key and um there are two things we're coming to an end very sadly because there is so much to talk about but um what i, I there are two things i am i am curious about um one thing is coming to the connecting to what you said at the very beginning of our conversation which is that you were interested in democratizing in a way what people could so your what you were doing you wanted more people to be able to do it and how do you feel about that initial idea do you feel that you have accomplished that do you feel that are you are you in a way satisfied with this idea of democratizing um in a way i think access to open data and to what all what that implies do you do you feel satisfied with it or do you think there is a lot to do what's your yeah how are you feeling about this? <laughs> well i i feel quite satisfied in the, i mean uh, at that time it, it was really um uh, I think it was impossible just to 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 have the data out. Yeah. So now the data are out, and there are some people that are using them. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and so, and so it is. It is like you know uh, having a prototype of something that that could grow uh, bigger and bigger. Yeah. But just having uh, a few cases that really showing that that this is possible. Yeah, that, that makes me quite you know satisfied and quite happy. Yeah. And and um is there anything you 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 could um or in your experience doing all what you have done in I think in, in the different stages you have been um is there any advice you could give to teachers, educators at different levels? It can be high school, but it can be also higher education. It can be vocational education, community education. It doesn't matter really where we are. But is there any advice that you could give um, educators that are new in this world of getting, you know, grips with data, with open data? How do I design projects for my students to be more critical with relation 
to the data that is out there. Anything that you could, um, in your experience, I think, advise them, um, that would be great to hear. I think it's, it's, it would be a good advice. Well, I, I don't usually, you know, work directly with teachers. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think looking at, at their projects and what they accomplish, I think it's uh, the, the most successful cases are where the students are really motivated to, to be active and, and, and they, they love the project that they, they have chosen. Yeah. And so it's important to really uh, make them understand um, how it is important for their life, the, the world of public policies and yeah. the world of you know, funding and government spending. Um, and also to, uh, to help them uh, choose a project that they, you know, they are interested in, really. Yes, I think that, that, that um, and this is something that came out in, in my research as well, having a goal, a valued goal that you really want yeah. to pursue, it gives you then the drive to overcome all the difficulties that you will find, because you will find them. It's difficult sometimes to understand data sets, manage them, you know, and, and you were saying at the beginning, I thought it was impossible um, to do it and 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 it really i i think this is one thing i i take from my life and from the things that i have seen um done that it seems impossible at the beginning but one should not be stopped by the feeling it is impossible and i think with teachers educators and and whoever is hearing this podcast i think that there are struggles to overcome and the world of data is a complex world it's not straightforward but it doesn't matter. It seems impossible, but it is doable. And I think that's one of the things I can take from this conversation is however difficult it was for you to envision that such a thing is possible. Here it is. It is possible. And of course, it's always in, in room for improvement. Nevertheless, there it is possible and, and, and doable. Um, yeah, I think this is a lovely um, way to close our conversation. Um, I think it has been very helpful to, yeah, to just guide um, educators with some ideas. I'm going to put some notes, of course, that they can look further into and maybe get inspiration from. And um, yeah, we might, um, yeah, we might, I don't know, we might have another conversation. We'll see how, how, how educators react to this and, and maybe they're curious about something. And yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe we can bring you, I don't know, as an expert in some moment um, in time. And I'm, I'm very grateful um, for your time, Luigi. And yeah, thank you so much, really. No, thank you. Thank you. It was really interesting and yeah, thought-provoking. <laughs> well, that's the idea. I'm, I'm really yeah. happy. Um...